church. Welcome back to our study entitled Make a Difference, uh, Learning to Follow God. Well, I know that I've been away for a couple weeks, and um, uh, so I wouldn't know if you were here or not over the last couple weeks. Um, I just want to make sure before we get, continue on in our Hannah study, we've taken about two weeks off of our Hannah study. Uh, and in case you've been away, let's, let's just all catch up to speed. Actually, it's not a Hannah study. She's just one part of it. Um, we have been basically began a study looking at three different people in the book of First Samuel. We're looking at uh, three people in three consecutive generations, a woman named Hannah, and then we are going to be looking at a holy man named Samuel, and then we're going to be looking at a king named Saul. Today is week five, and it's our fifth and final time looking at this woman named Hannah. Uh, we're coming to the end of her story, but again, it's been a few weeks. We've had a few weeks off. We, uh, off meaning from me, you've had a break from me, and, uh, and church has continued on. Thank you for Dave, to Dave Flack and, and um, all, all that's been going on for the last couple weeks, uh, Sonia Smith. Um, but anyways, we're looking at three different people here. And the story thus far, in case you're new here or visiting or haven't been here for the last, I don't know, maybe a month and a half or so, her story begins, Hannah's story begins, with about 20 years or so of growing pain and anguish until the last seven, eight, nine, ten potentially have just become so brutal. It has left her just in, in, in anguish. Well, in her words, it has left her with a broken heart. These 20 years, it, it has left her, in her words, afflicted. It has left her full of anguish and resentment. That's what this pain, this, this long season of, of pain, she, she can't have children and, and she's been praying and she's been actively being tormented um, about this thing. We're talking years of crying, years of grief, and this years of, of unanswered prayer. I'm not really able to do an adequate job conveying the depth of anguish that Hannah has lived with for all these years. So she prays, she prays years after year, year after year, year after year, and she goes through this horrible season of suffering and, and testing. And then after several years, many years, she makes an oath to God, saying, God, if you will grant me a son, then I will give him to you all the days of his life. And, and during that time, Eli, the priest, blesses her, and he doesn't know what she's been praying, but he, he says, may the, the God of Israel grant the petition that you've requested from him. And so over time, her prayer gets answered, and she has a baby, and she names him Samuel. And, and then a few years goes by, and she brings him now as about a three-year-old to the tabernacle in Shiloh where she's going to leave him to serve God for the rest of his life. Here's a picture. We've looked at this several times in our study. This is a picture of where Shiloh was. This is where our story is being set, the setting where, where Hannah has been coming and where, um, where she's going to be praying today. The hills on the background are where three times a year uh, the nation would gather, people would gather and fill those hills with, with, um, with people eating and worshiping and celebrating in God's presence. The hills to this day are covered with shattered pottery from the 369 years of, of worship as God's uh, Holy of Holies, is Ar the Ark of the Covenant, and uh, the Tabernacle of God was stationed right here. So that's the, that's the scenario, that's the setting of where we're at in this story. Um, so that's Shiloh. But, so Hannah's there, 
And, and Hannah, moving from chapter 1 to chapter 2, has moved from a place of pain to now a place of praise. She's moved out of a season of testing, and now she's able to give her testimony. From testing to testimony. Now, in life, you're going to be tested. You're going to have difficult times in your life, and it is in the experiencing of God's help. It's in the experience of God's help and rescues out of times of pain. It's in the experience of God's help and rescue out of seasons of testing that give you a powerful testimony. No test, no testimony. Today we're going to look at Hannah's testimony, her praising of God for what he's done for her. We're going to look at this because this is one of the major ways that you can make a difference. One of the major ways every day you can make a difference in your life and in the lives of people all around you with, with concentric circles, who knows how far that will, that will reach. That, 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 that way of boldly and shamelessly and zealously and joyfully telling people what God has done for you, what he's done for you when he finally answers your prayers. Okay, we're going to be talking about praise today. Now, now, just to be clear, there's two kinds of praise, and I find that people are usually good at one of them, and, and depending on who they are, they're good at this one or they're good at this one. There is pre-praise, and pre-praise is that faith-filled praise where you are declaring, God, the Bible says you're this way, and I praise you that, that you're this way, and I praise you that you are a God who hears and who answers prayer, and that you see me and you hear and that you're, you're going to answer the prayer. It's praising God before he answers your prayer. Then there is post-praise. And post-praise is after God answers your prayer, you, you testify and you boldly share, God answers my prayer. Now, we tend to think that that is, is praise, but, but actually that's almost nearly lost in our generation. Sometimes people just move on. Okay, I've been praying and praying, but God answered that prayer, great, move on. And, and they forget that post-praise and the power of post-praise. So maybe some of you lean towards pre-praise, and, and some of you lean towards post-praise, and some people are like, um, I'm, I'm here to learn. <laughs> and, anyway, so um, all the Bi there, there's lots of examples in the Bible. And if you look through the Psalms, you'll see back and forth, pre-praise Psalms and post-praise Psalms. Um, I, I'm going through the Psalms over and over again in the mornings and, and, and just kind of refining some prayers and uh, my prayer life, and I'm and I'm pr praying, I'm pre-praising God for um, upcoming answers to some of his prayers. I, I noticed this week, I was kind of in the teens of, of the Psalms, and I, and I went through Psalm 17, and then I went through Psalm 18, as you do, and, and I realized, oh, okay, Psalm 17 is an example of pre-praise, and Psalm 18, right next to it, is an example of post-praise. And you can see it in Psalm 18, the, the, you can see the, the author David writing, I called out to the Lord, he says, I called out to the Lord, past tense, who is worthy of praise, and I was saved from my enemies. Psalm 18 is a long psalm, full of David and his praise for what God has done for him, how God rescued him and saved him. It's a post-praise, it's a post-praise psalm. Psalm 17 is a pre-praise psalm, and in that you read things like, uh, verse 6, I call on you, God, I, I call on you because you will answer me. I call on you because you will, and listen closely to me, hear what I say. In pre-praise, you're expressing faith. 
You're expressing faith, that faithful belief that God will hear your prayers, that he is hearing your prayers, and that he is uh, able and willing to act on all who need saving and who need rescue. He's able to protect, he's able to hide, he's able to guide, things like that. Hannah's prayer is post-praise. That, that her praise is, is post-praise. But I wanted to say something about, about pre-praise because I know that so many of us are in seasons of unanswered prayer where we're not, we haven't yet uh, arrived at that answer prayer. We're praying for whatever, for family situations or for salvations or for health situations or for, for um, life-stuck situations or guidance. And we're in that season of unanswered prayer. And the call in this season is to be praising God for what He will do for you and how He will guide. The simple, the simple heart of pre-prayer, of pre-praise, praying, pre-praise, praying. Uh, the simple heart of that is God. You are the who the Bible says you are. Now, be that to me now. God, the Bible says you you guide. Be my guide today. God, the Bible says you rescue. God, rescue me today. God, the, the Bible says that you, that, you, um, that you deliver, that you shield, that you protect. Protect me today, now. Apply who you are to me and my situation. I, I believe you are this way. Now do that for me now. That's, that's the simple heart behind pre-praise praying. <laughs> uh, God loves to be praised. God loves to be praised, and, and as we pre-praise Him in faith, it seems to extra motivate Him to, to bring about what we're requesting, what we're asking, because He loves seeing people not just praise Him in faith, but move from times of testing to times where they testify. Where they have that testimony. Now Hannah's been tested, and it's, it's testimony time. She's persevered. And now she's going to praise. I'm going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 2. And the first 10 verses are, it says, the title in my Bible, I just happened to glance at it, Hannah's Triumphant Prayer, or, or Hannah's Triumphant Praise, or, or something like that. This is, this is what we read in, in verse 2, and um, this, is a, this, is a, this is a great praise. This is a great example of, of praise and how to do it and what, should, what, what could be included in it. Verse 1 says this, Hannah prayed. After coming through this whole season and, and God's answer to her prayer and all that happened, Hannah prayed, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is lifted up by the Lord. My mouth boasts over my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation, in the sense of rescue, in your deliverance, in your helping me out of my anguish, depression, heartbreak, um, resentment for your salvation. Great praise includes this, number one. Testifying to the joy of God's help. Testifying to the joy of God. God, you have answered my prayers and I am not just thankful. I'm not just joyful deep down on the inside, but my face doesn't show it. I am actually joyful. I am so thankful and happy. I'm happy that, that I called out to you and finally you have answered my prayer. It's time for celebration. One of the great ways to praise God is simply by being joyful and happy. God, I needed you and, and then you, you acted and now my heart is full of, of joy. We live in a wildly depressive generation. 
Um, people, uh, it seems like people can be discouraged, depressed, uh, dark over. Oh, I was gonna <laughs> filter, filter over, over, over many things, <laughs> over many things. It, it seems like it's very easy for people in our generation to be unhappy about something. Maybe unhappy about their life. Uh, unhappy about their looks, unhappy about their their financial situation, unhappy about their decisions that they're trying that they're having to make. It seems like you, people are pretty much able to be unhappy about everything, even if some things are going well. They seem to find a way to be relatively depressed. The words when you say, "God helped me," I was I was stuck. Or I needed help, I needed guidance. God helped me, he answered my prayers, and as a result, I am so happy. That, that, that statement can be like a, a lightning bolt, like a, a shock to a, to a highly depressive generation. The people who struggle to, to, to celebrate how, how, um, how, how God can intervene and how joyful that can be. They can forget what joy feels like as they choose to dwell on the negative instead of celebrate the, the positive. Well, Hannah, she starts her celebration with a testimony of joy after years of anguish and heartache and grief. And so that's, that, that's something we want to make sure we're including in our prayers. God, you've answered my prayers, and I'm happy. I'm joyful. Thank you. Um, the next let's look at the next verse she continues on in her praise and she she says there's there's no one holy like the lord um that's i didn't read that how i wanted to read that let me try that again there is no one holy like the lord uh there's no one besides you there's no rock like our god great praise includes Testifying to the greatness of God, number two. Testifying to the greatness of God. God, there's no one like you. You are the best. You are the greatest. You are the most per perfect. Now, there's going to be a lot of specifics as we continue to go through Hannah's praise on what she's praising God for and, and, and how great he is. But it isn't really praise unless we're testifying that God is great, that he's also good, and that he's also active. He's great, he's good, and he's active. Uh, a few weeks ago, I, I, I told you of a dream I had about my, my grandmother. I was visiting with my grandmother. She passed away in June, but I was visiting with her in, in this dream after she'd gone to heaven, and, and, and I asked her a few things that had surprised her. What were some things that surprised you? And one of the things in, in that dream was she talked about how she was surprised at how microsecond active God is, that, that he's constantly, constantly, constantly engaged, and he's hearing and answering and acting and maybe disciplining and blessing, and he's, he's very engaged. Now, we tend to think of God as he, if, if we're at our best, that he does stuff sometimes, but the Bible seems to depict a God who is very active, who's very active at, at hearing and listening and answering prayers. God is great, and he's greatly active at helping people. Okay, so testifying to the greatness of God, number two. And then we keep reading in this prayer and this praise. Number three, verse three says, Do not boast so proudly, or let the arrogant words come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and actions are weighed by him. Great praise includes a warning, number three. A warning against unbelief and living as if God isn't paying attention. 
great phrase includes a warning against unbelief and living as if God isn't paying attention. God sees you. And that's okay. For some of you, that might feel like a terrifying thought, but, but in all the good ways this is, God really does see you. He sees you. He is, he is paying attention to you. He's paying attention to your circumstances. Now, you look at Hannah, and, and, and for years, she's hurting, maybe even 20 years of, of worrying and, and pain, growing and growing and growing until the last 7 to 10 were just brutal. When we're in pain and when we're feeling alone and when we're, we're, we're crying out to God and to, to do something and, and does, something doesn't happen this, this week or this month or, or this, this year or the last five years or wherever, when we're crying out to God and we're praying the same prayers, maybe... Maybe we can start to come to believe that oh, God doesn't really do much. Or maybe we can start to come to believe that God isn't really listening to me or someone like me. And we can probably come up with reasons why we're, we're imperfect and maybe why God shouldn't listen to us or, or whatever the case may be. Or maybe we might even have this thought of, well, maybe God's not even real if he's allowing this to happen and, and he's not helping me in, in this situation. But Hannah's testimony and my testimony to you is do not believe that. Do not believe that God sees you today. He saw you yesterday. He will see you tomorrow. God is paying attention to you. He has been paying attention to you. He is very aware of what you've lived through, what you've endured, some of the torment and, and that you, you've gone through, and, and some of the, the blessings that he's, he's walked you through. And although maybe you, you've been praying to him and you would have hoped, like, like everybody does who's in the, the land of unanswered prayer, you would, have, you would have hoped that he would have intervened in your life long before now, That doesn't mean he isn't going to. But we tend to think it's been a reasonably long time of praying. He hasn't acted yet, so he probably isn't hearing me. He probably isn't going to act. He probably isn't going to answer my prayer. But the message of Hannah is keep believing. Keep believing. Be confident that God is actually paying attention to you. He sees you. He's hearing your prayers. He's hearing your prayers. So she gives us a warning against unbelief and living as if God isn't paying attention. If 20 years goes by and you're not getting that answer to prayer, it doesn't mean that God isn't paying attention. That's Hannah's testimony. Well, Hannah is going to get more specific as she goes through her praise. And I'm just going to read the rest of the, the praise here. And she, there's several things that, she, that she's going to bring up about how God, how God is acting how he's active, and ways that he's active. Um, it says this in verse 4. Um, the bows of the warriors are broken, but the feeble are clothed with strength. Those who are full hire themselves out for food, but those who are starving hunger no more. This is what God is like. This is this describing the activity of God. The woman who is childless gives birth to seven. But the woman with many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and gives life. He sends some to Sheol and he raises others up. The Lord brings poverty 
and gives wealth. He humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the garbage pile. He sets them with noblemen and gives them a throne of honor. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world on them. He guards the steps of his faithful ones, but the wicked perish in darkness. For a man does not prevail by his own strength. Those who oppose the Lord will be shattered. He will thunder in the heavens against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give power to his king. He will lift up the horn of his anointed. Great praise includes this, number four. Testifying that God really does act and help. And even in the widest variety of ways. In this, in this praise, Hannah just throws out all these ways that, that God, God really does help people and, and act. He, he gives strength. God helps by giving strength. He, he gives strength, and he removes strength. Strength on the inside, in our innermost being, when our, when our hearts are giving out, when our, when, our, when, our, when our inner resilience is giving out, when we're exhausted, he can give strength in those moments I've experienced it, and also physical strength. He gives strength, he can take it away. Strength, food, God gives food. Hannah throws that in there. He gives food, he removes food. He, he allows times of plenty and one. He, strength, food, family, family he gives family he withholds family life he gives life and he takes life away it says uh, he puts people to death and he and he gives life uh, finances she prays praises finance he gives finances and he removes finances work he promotes he demotes decisions he guards and guides decisions or he can allow people to stumble and perish in their decisions. But he's a part of the decision-making. The, decision the, the point that Hannah is making, she says in verse 9, is she says, For man does not prevail by his own strength. Your life and how it goes, how it is and how it goes, has so much less to do about you and way more to do with the activity of God in your life than, than, you, than you would even recognize. The fingerprints of God are on every aspect of the living. Whether, it, whether it's strength or food or family, health, life, finances, all this, God's fingerprints are everywhere, and we just tend to think it's just how it is. Life feels like it's up to you, but it, it really is up to our very, very active, says Hannah, paying attention to God. And if you oppose him, she writes in verse 10, you will be broken. And some of you may be in a place like that today, or feeling broken or disciplined maybe by God. If you trust him, he will lift you up in due time. In due time. Hannah's testimony in that is that God is very, very real. Ignore him at your peril. Run to him and, and to your great benefit leading to joy. That's, that's her praise and testimony. So those are four things. Four things a part of, of a great praise moment. Testifying to the joy of God's help. Testifying to the greatness of God. Or warning against unbelief and living as if God isn't paying attention. And fourthly, testifying that God really does act and God really does help. Those are the main building blocks to include when you want to praise God, when you want to testify to God for, for what he's done for you. And, and I just want to remind you, praise is powerful. 
Praise is powerful. God loves to be praised. And he loves to be praised so much that he, he wants to flood your life with opportunities to praise him. He wants to give you opportunities to praise him. And I believe that the more we praise him, the more he's obviously at work and the more that he's obviously helping us. The more he helps us then, the more we praise him. The more we praise him, the more he wants to help us. He loves it. Guys, God's eyes, God's eyes are on the lookout for people who are leaning into praise, who are eager to testify to what he's done for them. He, revivals take place when praise and testimonies are breaking out. When people start just testifying to what God has broken through in their lives, when they testify to God's forgiveness to them, when they testify to maybe a healing, when they testify, when as people start testifying, revivals break out because praise is contagious and it brings belief. People who are going to pass their test and give a testimony are who God's uh, eager, eager to, to hear and answer their prayers. Pre-praise, pre-praise, uh, I'll put it here. Pre Pre-praise, what we, what we talked about at the beginning, it's rewarded because of the faith. It's, it's rewarded because of the faith and that trust shown by perseverance in seasons of waiting, of pain, of suffering, persevering. Pre-praise is rewarded for that reason. But, but here, the, the exciting thing in this post-praise scenario with Hannah is she, is, she rightly and boldly and publicly uh, pronounces um, God's goodness, and as a result, she gets more reward from God. She gets more answer. God answers her prayer well beyond what she prayed for. What she prayed for. So Hannah was without children for years, like maybe 20 years. And then she moved from pain to praise when God answered her prayer, from test to testimony. And then you figure that's where it's going to stop. You had a miracle baby, but that's not where it stops. Instead, there's, there's more. And so then after her testimony, we discover that she not only has one baby named Samuel, but she seems to have another five after that, at least five probably six and we see that down in verse 21 of this chapter it says the lord paid attention to hannah's need and she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters meanwhile the boy samuel designating seemingly like separate from those five grew up in the presence of the lord now family this is a principle not a promise it's often the case, not always the case, but rather consistently in the Bible, we see that God does beyond what we would have asked. Hannah, for those years, how much faith does she have that God's going to answer her prayers for a miracle baby after all those years of pain? Uh, I don't know. It, it doesn't say exactly. But the idea of, God, I'm asking you for six kids. That's just beyond what she could ask or, or imagine. God is seen to do well more than that for those who seek Him, who trust Him, and who praise Him as He moves and acts in their circumstances. Now, our series is entitled, Make a Difference. Make a difference. Learn to follow God well. If you want to make a difference every day, if you want to make a difference every week, be someone who exudes vocally and joyfully praise to God. Someone who, who keeps testifying to the people in their lives that God is real. 
that, that he answers prayer, that he will answer your prayers or that he does answer prayer, that you believe he will help you or that he, you believe that he has helped you. So many people stop praising because they're like, well, it could, I know I prayed for like 50 years and it happened, but it could have just happened. And they just rob God of his answer prayer. I prayed that this happened, and I mean, it could have just been chance. It sounds silly for me to say God did that. It could have just happened. And we live in a generation that robs God of praise after praise after praise. We want to reverse that. We want to reverse that and be a people bold in praise. I asked, and this happened. Whatever you believe, I believe God is living and active, and he's hearing prayers in our generation. It's powerful. It's powerful. And as you testify, people, some people who don't believe in God might start thinking. They might start reconsidering. Okay, wait, wait, what? And then there's Christians. They're going to be challenged by your testimony. I, I, know, I know that when I was 18, 19, uh, there was this girl in our university who was always talking about God did this and, and God answered this prayer. And it was annoying and, and it was challenging to me but it was making an impact and i don't even think that person knew my name as they just talked about the, their sense of answer prayer it, it pushes christians it pushes it pushes unbelievers it will impact them and your praises and your testimonies will challenge people and and as they're impacted that can and they imitate you then they will impact others you have no idea how, how wide that ripple could go as you be someone who's Determined to praise God. Okay, if you're in a season of suffering, if you're in a season of pain, if you're in a season of unanswered prayer, uh, then the call for you today is, is in the area of pre-praise. Pre-praise. Where you're going to be like, God, I believe in faith that you're paying attention to me, that you see me. God, you are good. God, you, you help people. And I believe you will be to me who the Bible says you are. Be that to be. Be my rescuer. Be my guide. Be my help. Whatever it is right in your situation. And so I'm going to praise you in advance. I'm going to worship you in advance. Some of you are in that place, and that's the call for you today. Other, other, others of you are in a season of success or, or victory where, where God has answered your prayers. And, and it's time for you to be bold and to put it out there before people and say, God answered my prayers. Not just thank you, God, although that's great, but thank you, God, and I'm going to tell people, I'm going to testify to, to what God has done, to anybody who will listen. Today is a day for everyone. Whatever your life circumstances are, it's a time to praise one way or for another. Um, personally, I've been pre-praising God in the morning, like I said, uh, going through the Psalms for, for my multi-year prayer requests, and I've been spending time Planning how I'm going to praise him How I'm going to testify When that answer prayer comes I, I, I've given a lots of thought How am I going to publicly Praise God when he answers this prayer I'm, I'm thinking through and, and I'll be walking down the street And I'll be like okay What am I going to say to people How am I going to say it well, What am I going to say Am I going to preach it am I going, to, uh, am I going to make a video Or something like that How much am I going to say what, what's, the, what's the best parts to leave in If I only have like 3 minutes Or if I have 20 minutes Like, What am I going to say And I, I give a lot of thought To how I'm going to praise God When he finally answers These big deal prayers of mine How am I going to, how am I going to respond Whatever your circumstance Pre or post 
It's time to praise. <clears throat> There's a, 150 psalms in the book of Psalms. 150 of them. It's, you know, the most chapters by far of, uh, of, any, of any book of the Bible. There's 150 examples in the book of Psalms. There's other psalms in the Bible, but in the book of Psalms, there's 150 examples of different kinds of praise, uh, of different kinds of, of interacting with God in heartache moments, in victory moments. There's 150 examples. And you know what the last verse in the psalm says? If you go through 150 examples, if you go through this praise, this praise, this, this situation, this uh, situation, if you go through all these things, you know what the last words in the whole book of Psalms, after all 150 are done, it says this. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. It says it twice. Praise the Lord. After 150 examples, the conclusion of the book of Psalms is let everything, whatever your circumstances, whatever your challenges, whatever heartache you're in, whatever victories you're in, looking at all 50 Psalms, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So that's my challenge for us this week. For every one of you who breathes this week, and I highly recommend keeping on with that. Here's our challenge. We're going we're gonna to praise the Lord. And our challenge number one, praise God uh, to Him in prayer. Right? Praising God in prayer. God, thank you. And, and, I, and I hope that that's a regular practice of yours where you sit down and you're like, God, here's some things this week that I'm just so thankful for. Or here's some things in my life these, these days that I'm just, I'm just praising you for. Maybe, uh, maybe that's not a practice of yours, but definitely we want to practice that this week. Uh, secondly, praise God so that people will hear you out loud. God, God heard my prayers, or God is listening to me, or, or, or whatever the case may be. God, uh, praising so that people will hear. And thirdly, if you're praying for God to help you, I encourage you to make a plan this week on how you're going to testify and praise after he answers your prayer. Like, be ready, be planning, in faith. If God answers this prayer, how am I going to testify? Who do I want to tell? How, how am I going to get the word out there that God heard my prayers answered? answer me?